No Self Connection, welcome back to another installment of No So Network. We're bringing you a restival preview and two special interviews later on in this episode. Mike, we're bringing you Becca, and we're bringing you Alec Price with a doubleheader of interviews. But first, Mike, let's get into this upcoming weekend's restival preview. What's going on, man? Not much. Uh, another year, another Beyond Wrestling run and IWTV run restival going down at the White Eagle, so... Not going to go over a ton of the shows, but the pretty much the Beyond Wrestling Open stuff. Um, and kind of give everybody a rundown of what to expect this weekend with the other stuff. Yeah, pretty cool. I dipped my toes back into the Beyond Wrestling slash Wrestling Open pool this week. And I was uh, all excited to be sharing that sooner or later. But it was good to be back. The crowd was great. Uh, and I'm looking forward to this upcoming weekend, or I'm going to be attending some of it. Perfect, yeah. So... This weekend, uh, the Restival is going down at the White Eagle. Nine shows over three days. This is in Worcester, Mass. on Green Street. Thursday, we've got Pizza Party, which is at 3 p.m. Then there's Wrestling Open's Last Stand show at 8 p.m. That's a big-time Wrestling Open show. And ICW No Holds Barred Pit Fighter 14 will go down at 11 p.m. That'll round out Thursday. Friday, back in action at 3 p.m. for Blitzkrieg. Uh, they're based out of Western Mass. And then IWTV Class of 22 show at 7 p.m. Now, that's pretty much a tag tournament um, between the first round and the semifinals. And then the finals will be the next day at the Beyond Big Show. Um, and then Prestige Wrestling out of California is running a show at 11 p.m. That one's headlined by the American Wolves against the Motor City Machine Guns. That's a cool little match. And then Saturday, they come back with Grind Wrestling at 12 noon um, and then Limitless Wrestling at 4 p.m. And then Beyond Heavy Lies the Crown closes up the weekend and brings in the new year with an 8 p.m. bell time. And and I misspoke earlier. Blitzkrieg is based out of like Enfield, Connecticut area. Grind Wrestling's up in that like Western Mass area. So there's a lot of local flavor here. Limitless from Maine, Grind from the Western Mass, Blitzkrieg from Connecticut, Pizza Party's from Pennsylvania or New Jersey, somewhere down there. Um, and then ICW's obviously from New Jersey. So you got a little bit of uh, the East Coast all coming, converging into one area. Now, tickets for all of these shows are still available at shopiwtv.com. You can buy a full pass that gets you all three days, or you can buy the individual shows, whatever floats your boat. Or you can just walk up that day and, and buy a ticket at the door. So, Ryan, you, you mentioned that you were back at Wrestling Open last week. Uh, how was that energy, and uh, who stood out to you? Energy was great, Mike. It was just fun to be back. I actually have not been to a wrestling open show, I don't believe. So it was kind of good to kind of like catch one. I kept up with the product, reading it and talking with you. I would just like to say a, a good amount of it on IWTV. So I'm familiar with pretty much everyone I saw yesterday. But being there back live, bringing two friends, one keen on wrestling, one never being to wrestling besides like one or two indie shows. He's from down south. So it would, to be a fly on their wall kind of was like pretty cool. My buddy Dan, he's an outgoing fucker. So he's over there talking to everyone, loving it up, chanting, doing that. He's the perfect wrestling fan to bring to this. So he had the time of his life. Now he's texting, hey, we're going again. When are we going again? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, football season's over. My kids wrestling should not be too much in the way as it was this past year. So, yes, I will be able to go to a lot more of these and I will be able to go do a lot this weekend, too. Overall, the energy was great, Mike. Friendly as always. Plenty of room, but a great crowd and just solid. Good to be back. Uh, now, who impressed me? I didn't really think that anyone was really necessarily bad. Uh, everyone had their own little niche that they were good at. Uh, everyone was individuals while staying unique in their own way, if, if that makes sense. The format of a 10-minute time limit is just 
such a breeze. It's perfect, really. Just a few chants, really. Pedro, that heat-seeking missile, he's fun as always. He's built as a shipwreck house, and he's a polished mechanic, and then he just gets mega heat. The match of the night was Marcus Matters versus Desmond Cole. Really solid match. It went very close to the time limit. I think it was probably like 8-12 or something. So they did a really good job utilizing that time to have a really good, strong match that delivered well. The advantage for the Steel Cage Warfare with Brad Hollister and Bobby Orlando was a nice little fun brawl. Actually, a guy jumped on the apron of the ring, let's say, and uh, that was right near me. I guess the owner got mad, stepped on my toe, not Drew, the other one. You know, I felt the heat coming off his body and well understood. You know, I don't know what that guy was thinking jumping on the apron of the ring, but that was kind of pretty interesting. But the star of the night is the Stetton Ranch, Steve Stetton in BRG. These boys got some heat. Give me an S. Give me a T. Give me an E. Give me a T. Give me an S. Give me an O. Give me an N. What's that spell? Asshole. 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 Unbelievable chant. Kudos to whoever thought of that. Just extremely well delivered. The crowd just does such a good job of being inclusive in the show and getting each guy over in their own little way, heel or baby. But just that chant is a legendary chant that I will not forget. And it's just awesome. And then Ultimate X getting revealed to be Alex Price for making his Beyond Wrestling return, defeating Brian Malonis, and really just cementing himself and getting ready for the fans bring them up in match this weekend. Uh, that was a pretty cool and fun moment. And yeah, we'll get into that a little later. Danny Miles and Fancy Ryan Clancy went out there and had a really good match to go along. But overall, just a solid night of wrestling. And I'm just glad to be back in the mix over there. They made a few. Other fans last night with my buddy, again, going to be bugging me to go all the time, telling all our friends to go too. Because it is quite the hang, even if you're not a necessarily day-to-day wrestling fan too. Like I said, going out with my other buddy over there, having a great time also. So if you're in the area, you haven't checked it out and you've been meaning to, I'm glad I did. Check it out. And even if you're a Fairweather fan or a a fan that's not really dialed in or a fan of just like the WWE or whatever, there's a ton of quote-unquote sports entertainment values within the show also. So kudos to Beyond Wrestling and Wrestling Opening for really getting this off the ground. And this is episode 51 coming up on two, a year now. So really hitting a stride, and I'm looking forward to the future. Cool. Now, what are you going to this weekend? I'm going to go to Pizza Party. I got a little date there with to see a friend, we'll say. And then I want to try to go to ICW. Check that out. Because just 12 o'clock is perfect. I want to hit, maybe hit up Wrestling Open. You know, honestly, whatever I'm available to. I'm not ruling out New Year's Eve, but I think it's not as easy as it was in the past to pull it off. So, I, And I don't know if I'm around this year to pull it off. So tentative on that, but I will catch the Becca-Alex Price match for sure. And hopefully the rest of Heavy Release the Crown. So that's kind of where I'm at for this week. And Mike, are you going to be able to make any of it? Can I, no, uh, man. Can I drag you out to that uh, 11 p.m. deathmatch show? No, man. I got a, I got a UConn Nova game on Wednesday. Day, so I won't be pulling that off after that. We got we got plans on New Year's and shit too. So and I'm going to the Pats Dolphins game on New Year's Day too. So well, that's too bad. A little sports week instead. But I work till ten. I could probably make eleven work, but it's a little much. Yeah, we'll see. I'll I'll pull that string as hard as I can and see if we can drag you over a few towns. We'll see. But yeah, the, on Thursday this is the the last stand, which is the wrestling open big show. Um, second show on the day on Thursday. Um, three matches really cool. That are, that are put on that show right now. Brick City Boys against The Haven. Um, real cool tag match. Two up-and-coming teams of the scene. They had a 
this is a rematch to a match they had back in January on the third episode. Um, both teams have shown a lot of growth since then, so this should be a banger. Um, and then Dan Barry is going one-on-one with Marcus Mathers. Uh, really cool match. Kind of a vet versus an up-and-comer here. Mathers has been really excellent in 2022. I'm excited for his future. Um, you saw him and liked him, right? Yeah, my buddy liked him a lot. Called him Nick Carter from uh, Boy. What's it? I can see that. What's that? Uh, Backstreet That's, Boys or whatever. Yeah, Backstreet Boys. Yeah. But yeah, he's crisp. He he flies around, moves well, strikes well. Desmond Cole ain't no slob either. He, that guy was crisp too. Uh, I like Desmond a little bit better, but you know, there's nothing wrong with matters. He's got a good look, bright future ahead of him for sure. Awesome. And then the main event is going to be Steel Cage Warfare, which uh, you mentioned Pedro Dones um, with Brad Hollister in the main event against Bobby Orlando and the Miracle Ones of Dustin Waller, Kylan King, and Ichiban. Now, really good build to this. They've been kind of hyping this up for the last month or two. Um, it's going to be like a War Games. One ring, though, uh, should be a cool main event for what should be a pretty big crowd for them um, with the price tag. So that's definitely worth checking out. Yeah, they closed yesterday's show with the Steel K Warfare with Brad Hollister defeating Bobby Orlando. Bobby Orlando is the biggest babyface they got going on right now for the most part, I would think. So, and then Hollister got his crew going on. Yeah, I don't know. Give me Hollister and the boys on that one. I, uh, I got a little soft spot for the heels there, but I don't know. I, get, I don't see Bobby losing that. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, good way to get heat, I guess. I guess it depends on where they're going. Maybe the, the bad guys have a uh, have a, somebody new to bring in to help them. We'll see. Cage matches are always kind of wonky, so we'll see what happens. Uh, so then the big show, which is uh, New Year's Eve for Beyond, Heavy Lies the Crown, um, got some you know good good card that's built up. I mean, it's going to be a long show. Uh, but Ryan Galeone wrestling Gabriel Sky. This is Galeone's real big first return to Worcester since he had the banger with Rex Wallace this summer at American Rana. Um, he's wrestled like four matches since then. He doesn't really work a ton, but he's really fucking good. So that's going to be a good match. Um, and then the aforementioned Brad Hollister's on the big show as well in a one-on-one match with Rex Lawless. Um, Hollister has been killing it at wrestling open and Lawless is the, the fucking man. So this should be good. Uh, then you got fancy Ryan Clancy against Channing Thomas with Sidney Bacabella. These are two guys that are a huge 2022 breakout through wrestling open and uh, big things ahead in 2023. So what do you think of those three matches so far? World-class is my guy. It's just something about him. I like the look. I like the presentation. I'm all about it. I think he's got a bright future, like you mentioned. So I would like to see what 2023 brings with him. And then you got Sydney there anyways, who's always entertaining. Hollister's a stud. Um, shit brick house. Can bring it. Have any kind of match, really. So I'm looking forward to that also. And then Galeon, really. He's only had four matches since American Rana. Yeah, he doesn't work a ton. So, that's, I mean, he's he's awesome. So I wish he did. Yeah, So, but still, to go out there and have that match with Lawless, who's awesome, by the way, too, at American Rana. And only have four matches from that. That's, so that's one match a month for the most part from th- then and now. So we'll see what he looks like. But I'm sure he's a vet and he's a stud anyway. So I'm sure that he'll be plenty of fine to go in the head there. Yeah, definitely somebody that I think should get some other looks. Uh, either in other indies or somewhere bigger even. He's yeah, maybe he doesn't good. want him. Maybe he doesn't yeah, want him. True. Schedule as is. Probably, probably sort of wrestle a match or, you know, Mike, right? So it's, you know. Yeah. Kudos yeah. It's not for everybody, I guess, for life. You know, it could just be a hobby. But yeah, so then you got Dan Barry against Aaron Rourke. Aaron Rourke's somebody from the um, the Creative Pro Studio or whatever they call it, cl- yeah, school. Um, yeah, Rourke's damn good. Barry's always fun. That should be a good match. Uh, Rourke, Rourke had a, should have a pretty big 2023. I can see him starting to see get out to other places as well. Then you got uh, a couple rivalry matches here. 
Eel O'Neill versus Andy Brown. This is a match that was coming off of uh, a post-match angle at the Motherload show in November. So they got some animosity there. Um, and then this one you got a little bit from Wrestling Open last week. has been kind of a fun build. Uh, Love Doug and the Tender Weapon are going to go into a tag match with Teddy Goods and LMK. Um, but yeah, so been some drama and some proposals in this build. <laughs> this is a good moment of levity for the party crowd, I think. So what did you think of this little build they did last week? Oh, it was over huge. Even the non-wrestling fan sat back and watched that and was entertained. How can you not with Love Doug? And then, of course, Little Mean Kathleen. is It's just the perfect mix of chaos and nice levity break in the middle of a show. So I'm sure whoever puts this card together will put that right in the perfect spot for it to be a nice breather. But it, but not. I don't mean that to be like in a, ne- a negative way, like a nice, fun breather in a great way. So... Uh, this is probably match of the night for a portion of the crowd, too. I'm looking forward to it with the build leading into it. But it's been fun. The angle last night was fun, and you can never trust that little mean Kathleen. Uh, so then uh, we got a couple. This is where, you know, really get into the meat of the card. Jody Threat against Trisha Dora, two good goddamn workers here. Threat's an absolute lunatic. That should be a good one. Um, and then Ichabon versus Anthony Henry. Now, Ichabon's had a huge breakout at Restival this year, or I'm sorry, at last year's Restival um, during the first open show. So really cool to see him break into the big show this year. Henry's always good, so that's going to be an awesome match. Um, and then Max Caster against J.D. Drake. Uh, this is kind of a victory lap for Caster since he's been the tag champs in AEW. Uh, Drake's a pretty solid worker, so this should be pretty fun. What are your thoughts on that trio? Ichiban and Anthony Henry could be the match of the night. That's what I'm looking at when I look at that on paper. I just, my eyes keep staring at it and say they, they have a chance to go out there and really deliver and steal a few eyeballs on a big night. And if not them, Caster and Drake. Like you said, Drake's underrated, underappreciated, and always solid. So that should be a good match, too. Awesome. And then this is really where you get into the big four matches of the night. So Willa Nightingale against Lefisto. This will be a banger. They wrestled once back in 2017 for WSU. This is their first time in beyond. Willa's gotten so good the last couple of years and she has such a connection with this crowd in Worcester. So Lefisto's as good as it gets. So this is an awesome match. At the tag finals of the IWTV tournament, which is to be determined, that'll be settled at the class of 22 show the night before. And then Atticus Koger and Slade in a thumbtack match. I think, uh, the Beyond guys bought about 20,000 thumbtacks for that one, so that's going to be pretty crazy. This is a rematch back to Masterclass in the summer of last year. So, obviously, we don't know much about the tag match, but what do you think when you see Willow versus Lefisto and Atticus Koger versus Slade um, back-to-back on a card? Uh, Willow and Lefisto are just going to go out there and have an outstanding match. A good match on any TV show, if those two girls were on it, you would think of it. If it was Ross Smackdown, AEW, Dynamite, Dark, whatever, you know. If those two were on the marquee, they're going to go out there and deliver. That's for sure, watching them, you know, throughout the years. Um, and, you know, good for Becca for not drawing Slade in this <laughs> this night. So I know she was worried about that for a little bit, but, you know, kudos to her for not having to deal with that nonsense. Yeah, for sure. And that gets us to what we do have as our main event, which is going to be the first match of 2023, um, which is the annual fans bring the weapons match um, between Becca and Alec Price. The former budding romance now has turned into all at war. Um, fans bring the weapons is as wild a match as it can get. You, you've been to a couple of New Year's. Tell us about your experience watching uh, fans bring the weapons matches. Yeah, just the nonsense of like fans bringing form boards filled with you know plastic knives and forks and just every other sharp object you can fit on a foam board uh shopping carts jesus what do we have like a 
a hobby horse with like spikes and shit on it what bowling balls just just nonsense and not real safe work conditions for our friend becca and uh you know hopefully price takes care of his lady for us that's just he hopefully does the right thing mike yeah we'll see i mean i think he she kind of deserves it but you know well that's the you. best yeah exactly the best way that we can really figure out for this audience who's going to deserve it is let them tell you themselves right they these fucking psychos from worcester are going to tell us you know <laughs> exactly so and then we got we got becker and uh price that are actually going to be joining us here in just a second to you know not together obviously we had to interview them separately because there's a lot of hostilities there but um they're going to tell us all about their their life coming into this moment um and you know their wrestling career so far and then you know what led them to this match and what the future holds. So I hope you guys enjoy these interviews. They were a lot of fun for us. Um, and I think that, you know, it kind of sheds a light on these two individuals who really the sky's the limit when it comes to what we should see from them in their wrestling careers moving forward. Yeah. I'm curious if these two uh, are going to be around come next new year's, their hot prospects, whatever is in front of them, they've deserved. So uh, I'm a fan of both and I'm going to continue to be a fan of both and see where the, you know, what the cards lay for them. All right, perfect. So let's get it over to those interviews and uh, whoever's listening to this. I hope you guys enjoy your time this weekend at the Restival. If you're watching it on TV or if you're watching it down at the Eagle, um, enjoy yourself. Be safe. Happy New Year. And let's kick it over to Becca. And she's interview number one. So with us today, we have Becca, who, in our opinion, is one of the current aces of Beyond Wrestling. She's gearing up for a huge match on New Year's Eve against her ex-boyfriend, Alec Price, in the first wrestling match of 2023 in the Heavy Lies the Crown annual Fans Bring the Weapons match. Always one of the craziest matches of the year, and by nature, it's the first match of the year. So how are you doing today, Becca? I know it's been a tumultuous few weeks for you. You know, I'm pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> good, good. So I know it's been kind of crazy. You know, this match has changed a few times for you over the last couple of weeks, and you've had a lot yeah. of other stuff going on. So we're happy to have you here to just kind of talk about the match. I know that this is uh, a huge moment. You guys have kind of been building towards this for a while. So I think it's going to be a, a cool culmination of a story that you guys have really been putting together over the last six months or so, uh, maybe even longer, really. So um, I've got Ryan here who's going to have the first question for you. Becca, how are you? I'm great. I'm feeling awesome. Thanks for asking. Good, good. All right. Well, Becca, tell us a little bit about your wrestling story. I know you've been uh, only wrestling for about three years now. Where did you get trained and what promotion have you come up with and so on? Yeah, I started at the Belltime Club near Boston and the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, also north of Boston. And that's kind of where I still am now at New England Pro. We also call it NEPWA. So yeah, that's my schools. And I honestly, I consider a few promotions to kind of be my home promotions, one being Limitless Wrestling. So yeah, I, I debuted like pretty much right when the pandemic started happening. And as a result of that, a lot of my early opportunities in wrestling were on closed set tapings. And a lot of those were the Limitless Wrestling, the road taping. So those were a lot of my first matches. I actually had a match with Alec Price, one of my very early matches. I was still going by Basic Becca, which was my first wrestling name. So yeah, that that place has seen kind of like all of my 
various evolutions so far and has provided me so many opportunities. So definitely Limitless Wrestling, Chaotic Wrestling as well in Massachusetts. Um, that's a place that I have uh, been working since like the closed set tapings. I actually had my debut singles match there right before the pandemic um, against Ava Everett. And yeah, that's that's another place that I consider home. And at this point, honestly, I, I feel like Beyond Wrestling has also seen kind of like all of my my different phases so far and has been uh, a great platform for me over the past year, uh, year and a half. So, yeah, I'd say those three promotions. So, I mean, you made your debut for Beyond in the WWR Plus family uh, back in May of 2021, which is kind of when crowds were first coming back into the Eagle and whatnot post-pandemic. How did you end up getting involved with Drew and the, and the Beyond crew? How did all of that come to fruition? Yeah, it was just an opportunity. Alec needed somebody to help him, basically. And uh, there was a lot of doubt. Like, people didn't really think I could do it because up until that point, like, I was the scrunchy girl at WWR. Um, I don't know if I had even worked for Beyond at that point. So I think, like, yeah, there was a bit of doubt about how I could fulfill that role of helping Alec. But I think that I um, more than rose to the occasion. So, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. Great. Now 2022 has been a pretty busy year for you. In a huge year for you, we'll say. Uh, you officially become an international pop sensation with two different trips around Europe, where you wrestled in London, in Madrid, and even ventured over to WXW in Germany. How have those trips been for you? Well, the first trip was, it was great until I got injured. So I only got to work like one date. So I yeah, I guess I still technically was there. But yeah, I um, separated my shoulder when I was in Spain wrestling. Um, so I had to return home. But the second trip was fantastic. So when I was in London, the first time I worked for Pro Wrestling Eve against uh, Alexis Falcon, who's just fantastic. So that was a great experience. Really hope to be back there. And then um, in Madrid, I was working for RCW. Um, and then I, I came back to work for RCW again in Barcelona over the summer. So um, I worked there. I worked for WXW in Germany uh, in July as well. And then I also worked for Wrestle Carnival in Coventry uh, in the United Kingdom. And I worked in Scotland as well for W3L. So it was wild. It was a lot of fun, though. I met a lot of awesome people picked up some W's and had a really great time. So really looking forward to 2023. I'll be going back March 1st through 12th. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. So how long were these initial trips? I was there for the first, my first trip was supposed to be like three weeks. Um, and I was supposed to be in WXW for quite a few dates. But unfortunately with my injury, that didn't happen. So yeah, I ended up only being there like maybe a week or so, which sucks. And then then in July, I was there probably for the full month of July because I was in Germany for like two weeks and then the UK for a week. And then I was in Spain for a week. So, yeah, it was probably around four weeks. Awesome. Cool. All right. So recently you've been able to do some work on AEW Dark against the likes of Nyla Rose and Athena. And not only are you in now an international pop sensation, but. You even have expanded out to being a world-renowned poker dealer in the last couple of weeks. Uh, so tell us about that experience. 
Yeah, it was really great to be a part of um, those platforms. It was just it was great. I don't have any other words for it, really, but fun, good learning experience. Grateful to have been a part of it. Yeah, it's awesome to see you branch out there. You know, the, that day that I was watching that uh, that Raw episode, I was I was excited to see you pop up on the screen for sure. So now well, let's talk a little bit about Heavy Lies the Crown. Um, it's coming up this coming weekend. Now, the buildup to this match has been interesting, to say the least. So the match the match was booked against Alec, uh, and then Alec uh, put his Worcester wrestling career on the line during the Thanksgiving edition of Wrestling Open, um, which actually he lost, which banned him from competing in Worcester for a stretch of time. Now, this obviously had you feeling great for a stretch of time until at the Motherload show, you found out that you were wrestling Slade instead. Now, before we move into the next incarnation of what this match almost was, what were your immediate thoughts when that match was presented to you to now include Slade and a fans bring the weapons match instead of Alec? I was just kind of like, of course, something like this would happen because I know Alec very well. And yeah, I know how his mind works and um, beyond wrestling as well. So honestly, probably should have seen it coming. Um, but I don't know. Slade is also like kind of a not like random name to like draw out of a hat, but like I've never really interacted with Slade before. So it was also kind of a shock, but like also at the same time, not at all. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it exactly. But yeah, definitely disturbing. Was not happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, I've got to say, you know, when when we had this idea to interview you and then interview Alec, we were like, how are we going to interview Slade? Are we just going to have to do like a, like a silent interview with them when we don't get any information back? You know, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I don't um, think good. <laughs> no, and then furthermore, it, it became Slade and Atticus Koger in a triple threat match for a stretch of time. Now, how did that change the dynamic for you at all? Yeah, I mean, okay, in some ways, I feel like it's kind of good because it's like one more person in the equation kind of like takes like a one on one with Slate is like terrifying. Like he's really he's he's a very terrifying person. But like, if you know, if there's another person in there, it's like, okay, maybe it's an opportunity for me to not be the target of everything. Um, But it can also flip around on you and be even worse so I don't know um definitely was not expecting that one either yeah I've also just like I've never really done like a fans bring the weapons match before and you know my experience with weapons is like I would say uh fairly limited I've done like one street fight and then um I've thrown a chair I've swung a chair I've utilized various weapons as I could but yeah it just seems like a whole other thing so triple threat with Slade Atticus throw in the fact that like all of the weapons like I don't know what the weapons are going to be um that's like pretty terrifying well now we're here Becca so uh tell us a little bit about your history with Alec Price and what led you to the fallout well, when I first started training at the Belltime Club, that's where Alec trained. So I've known him pretty much since my my first day of training. So we go way back. And then, as I said before, this opportunity came up where he needed somebody to help him at Beyond. And I took that opportunity. And it was a lot of fun. It was really great. I think we really shook things up and really just made uncharted territory 
our stomping ground for a while. And as you, you know, probably saw, people really liked Alec and what he was doing. And I don't blame them because he's really entertaining. Like, truthfully, he's very talented. Incredibly talented. He's, like, the best wrestler on the scene right now, um, on the independents, in my opinion. Like, just really great. So, of course, fans are going to like him. You know what I mean? Uh, It's not really a surprise there. But, you know, the difference is how his attitude changed. He changed in a way that I just, it wasn't true to me. You know what I mean? Like, I had to be true to myself. And uh, that's just not, you know, I'm not going to, like, smile and wave at the fans because they're smiling at me. Like, that's not how I roll. Like, maybe I will if I want to. I don't know. I just feel like he kind of sold out. Uh, And that became, like, very apparent when I came back from injury. And it just was so obvious that we had grown apart in such drastic ways and it was just really annoying that he was trying to act like like I hadn't done all this stuff for him like I hadn't really made his name relevant at beyond out uncharted territory like before me he was like a mid carter at beyond you know and I really like elevated him and I also brought him into a division that he had not been a part of before which was the tag wrestling division. He had never done tag teams at Beyond. He never, and if he did, he certainly wasn't excelling at it the way that we did. And I just felt like he really like, like stomped on kind of our whole agreement and the respect that we had kind of built for each other, which was really disappointing and uh, kind of led to everything that happened, which was a year after I joined to help him, he decided to publicly tell everyone about our agreement, which was that he was giving me half of his earnings for each match, which like, honestly, I'm just fine with him telling people that because I don't know, I get more money. It's fine. But yeah, and he wanted to kind of settle the score for how he viewed that I was messing with him, even though this was an agreement that he completely came up with himself. And he assigned to and he agreed to. Um, but somehow it was my fault, which is a common theme at Beyond Wrestling. Everything seems to be my fault somehow. And yeah, so then he decided that we we're going to fight each other New Year's Eve, which was like, fine. And I was ready. I was ready to go. And uh, then he got banned from Worcester. So <laughs> that was not my fault. I had absolutely nothing to do with that. Um, but yeah, like you said, there was a moment, a few moments where I was like, like laughing. Cause now I'm main eventing by myself, right? So I'm like, I get to make this my moment, you know? Um, and I think I still will, but in a different way. Absolutely. Now, speaking of that main event, preparation for fans bring the weapons match is, is, there's really no way to prepare for it, right? You have no idea what type of weapons these sick people of Worcester are going to bring for you. Um, Having been in that building for the majority of these fans bring the weapons matches, some of the stuff that they bring in the door is pretty barbaric. So how do you prepare for a match like this when you don't really have that, you know, like you said, history with weapons, history in like a, like a hardcore, like a death match and, and even Alec doesn't. So how do you prepare for a match like this when, you know, your opponents kind of, as green to a match like this as you would be. Yeah, I don't know. Can you really prepare for a match like this? I don't think you can. <laughs> I think the point is that, like, you can't prepare. 
just have to be prepared to be do whatever needs to get done with whatever resources you have. So I don't think um, there's much you can do except accepting that you'll have little control over what is going on in terms of what resources you have, but complete control over how you use them. So, yeah. All right, Becca. Now I know your time is very valuable being an international pop star here, but before we let you go, why is this match on New Year's Eve so important to not just your career, but beyond wrestling legacy? Yeah, like I said, I I think Alec is the top wrestler on the indies right now. And not just, you know, the indies, but like beyond wrestling as well. And I've worked really hard over the past year, really the past like year and a half, going from this like scrunchy girl that people were not really taking very seriously, just working the WWR shows to being someone that I think people look at as one of the faces of beyond wrestling. And so I think like this for me, it's not just about Alec. It's also about beyond. And it's about like what I, what I plan to do at beyond because uh, it's not just new year's and it's over for me. Like I said, I plan to, to continue to make an impact. And I can if I can send a message on New Year's Eve saying, like, this is my place. This is mine. I'm better than an ace. I don't need the approval of the Beyond Wrestling fans to dominate, to win, and to be the face of Beyond. So that's what it means for me in terms of Beyond Wrestling. And then on a personal level, of course, I've gotten to wrestle Alec a few times in um, a non-fans bring the weapons match scenario and it was really intense like I said I think he's a great wrestler you know like I can shit on him all I want but that's just the truth I think he's really great and I think that he brings out uh, the best in his opponents as well and I'm looking forward to him you know taking me to the limit and for me to take him to the limit as well because really uh, no one no one knows Alec like I do for sure, for sure. So uh, thank you for your time, Becca. We appreciate you coming on with us to preview this uh, this match that's really been kind of building in the Beyond Wrestling landscape for quite some time. Um, even if you know people didn't really see it building, it's kind of been on the on the underlying focus of a lot of what's been going on in you guys' um, story over the last year. So thank you for spending some time with us today, and good luck in the match this Sunday. Thank you, guys. New one. All right. So with us at this time, we've got Alec Price, who we consider to be the the true ace of Beyond Wrestling, especially in the uh, the tail end of 2021 into 2022 for sure. He's gearing up for a huge match on New Year's Eve against Becca in in the very first wrestling match of 2023, which will be the Heavy Lies the Crown annual fans bring the weapons match. How you doing today, Alec? I know it's been a wild month or so for you in the Beyond Wrestling open rings. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to, you know, stay healthy, stay busy. You know, right now it's kind of it's kind of hard because I went from, you know, wrestling every weekend and wrestling every Thursday in Worcester to now I haven't been able to wrestle at all for the past month. Um, Oh, I mean, now now I'm probably back on. But you know what I mean? But like, it's crazy. I mean, I've been good. Just chilling. Good stuff. So first off, tell us a little bit about your wrestling story. I know you've been, you know, in the game for six, seven years or so now. Uh, where did you train? What promotion? What promotions you get up and started with? Things like that. 
Um, I trained out of the uh, Bell Time Club in Wakefield, Massachusetts, um, under uh, the watchful eye of Bo Douglas, the Dynasty, and uh, Benny Jooks, a.k.a. Total Loco. Bo Douglas was trained by Killer Kowalski. Benny Jooks was trained by Tony Roy and Richard Burns, who were trained by Kowalski. Um, it's a little hole-in-the-wall school, so you know I've been, for the past six years, you know, training there and just kind of just building my name and kind of building my repertoire on the indies. It, it's wild. Like, I can't believe, like, me going from a little hole-in-the-wall school to, like, where I'm at now. It's it's wild because, like, I was, I was, like, showing up to, like, Massachusetts shindy shows thinking, like, that was the creme de la creme. Like, this is the top right here. And, like, not even realizing I wasn't even at the tip of the iceberg yet. Um, but I kind of got in. With, like I said, bell time, I started getting, like, really popular and started, like, making my name with Limitless Wrestling. And then a couple, like, a month later, got with Beyond and then started, like, making my name in Beyond and started, like, produ- uh, pushing myself on more of a national level. Well, uh, when, obviously, I got into the, the tournament for tomorrow, which was a really big opportunity at the time. So, yeah. Yeah, speaking of that tournament and Beyond Wrestling in general, how did you get involved with Drew and how did you guys link up and come to fruition like you are today? Um, so what happened was, um, one of the guys that used to, the, the shot to beyond shows at the time was named Pigpen or actually Paul Glantz. We called him Pigpen. Um, and he basically asked me one day, like, Hey, you want to come in the car and come to a beyond show with me? And I was like, yeah, like, cause like, that's how I grew up, like in the wrestling business. Like I, like our trainer taught us the old school way. So, you know, you go, if you want to get on a show, you show up and you help out and you show that you want to be on that show. So, like, the minute he asked me, I went, all right, no problem, I'm down to do it. So, um, I, like, sh- showed up one day. I was helping out. Um, they, at first, really didn't need, like, Drew and them didn't even know that I was a wrestler. Um, they thought I was a cameraman, like, trying to, you know, help out and get on a show as a camera guy. Because um, I was, like, I knew all the camera people, like, because, you know, they've known me since I was a kid. They went to the same school. They knew the same people. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But, uh, yeah, I just showed up and kept showing up and kept showing up. And like, um, I think one day, like we, like it was after an uncharted show, we all went to like a restaurant and like, like me and Pigpen were talking about like my, like my dates that weekend. And like, I remember I had limitless and like Drew was like, wait, do you wrestle? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I wrestle. Uh, He was like, what did you stop? Or I'm like, no, I wrestle now. And he goes, oh, really? Where, where, where? I'm like, oh, I'm working at Limitless tomorrow. He goes, oh, no, no crap. No, no way. You know what I mean? So, like, that kind of, like, Drew came, watched my match. He really liked me and Mortar. And then he put us on the pre-show. He gave us an opportunity. He wanted to do the match again at Beyond. And then after that match, we, we kind of, like, went on. Like, it kind of, like, happened from there. You know what I mean? Like, the next thing I knew, I was in the tournament. Like, and I was just kind of shocked because, um... At that point, I wasn't expecting to be in the tournament. I was just happy to get a pre-show match. Yeah, good shit. So 2022 has obviously been a huge and busy year for you. Um, but I really look back at that stretch you're talking about at the tail end of 2021, um, when you really solidified yourself as you know where you are now, which we think is the ace of the company. Now, you were able on that uncharted territory season, you were able to, to shut down guys like Matt Taven, Ricky Shane Page, Slade, Blake Christian, among others. But shit really got real for you when you beat Biff Busick this past summer at Please Come Back 3. Um, and I believe that was even Biff's last match with Beyond. So what's gotten you to the point that we, you know, what kind of build up and steady you know, spot have you gotten yourself to where we now consider the Northeast Beast himself the ace of the show? I mean, it, it's just like 
I'm going to be real with you. Like my work ethic and my drive is a lot different than these, like a lot of these people, a lot of these, like um, these other wrestlers right now, like people think they're putting 110% and they really care about the business. They really don't like since day one, I was trained old school and taught the way to do it the right way. I'm not saying that another way isn't the right way. It's flavors of ice cream. I'm just saying the way I was brought up in wrestling was the right way for me. And being able to kind of like, you know, go out there and start like, you know, making a name for myself. Because at that time, like first year and a half of my career, no one knew me. And then like I started popping off at Limitless and then I got to Beyond. And that's what really helped me because Beyond really got me every single like that's what got the eyes on me. When I got my tryout, you know what I mean? They were watching me at Beyond and Limitless. Like people started to realize and recognize who I was. And like, I think that kind of helped me, especially with like the pandemic and everything. You know what I mean? Like the pandemic, uh, the pandemic sucked, but like 2021 is when I started to like come into my own because like I had the opportunity to kind of like keep grinding and have all these like practice matches with like the road and be able to be like, all right, I know what I got to fix. I know what I got to fix. I know what I got to fix. And like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Cause like I was a kid that was in my territory. No one expected me to be where I am now. Um, and, like, a lot of people say that me being at where I am now is a spit in the face to them, but I don't agree because I've worked ten times harder than them. Um, I feel like any time I've been put um, and given an opportunity to show out, I've showed out and, I've you know, gone 110%. And I feel like right now I'm the only one in the territory that actually wants this. Like, people show up and say they want to be wrestlers and they say they want to do it, but, they, you know what I mean? You could tell the real, you could tell the real from the fake. For sure, for sure. All right, so recently you put your Worcester, Massachusetts wrestling career on the line against that dastardly Cindy Bacabella and his man Channing Thomas on that Thanksgiving episode of Wrestling Open. I know losing that match was a devastating situation for you. Now, uh, how have you fought back since then? I mean, I can't really fight back much because, like, I haven't been able to be in Worcester. Yeah, but I'm talking mentally, man. How you been? I've been good. I mean, it, you know, it hurts, bro. It really does, like, because, like, I miss that. Um, Like, I've just been, like, kind of trying to work at it, you know what I mean, trying to find other dates to do. It's just, it, you know, it's hard because, you know, for the past three years, that's been my everything every Thursday. Like, that's been, like, like not my, like, it's, it's kind of like my baby, but it's not. Like, it's Drew's baby, but, like, it's been my everything. Like, that's been my godson, my godniece or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, for the past three years, so now that I'm not there and I can't see all the familiar faces like Rich and, you know, and Drew and all the cool wrestlers that have been there for, like, I, it's, it sucks. Like, I'm, 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 I'm not even worried about Channing and freaking Cindy. I already got something planned for them. Channing and Cindy can, like, they can basically just go kick rocks. Like, Cindy's just jealous because Channing Thomas will never live up to be me. Channing Thomas is mad because we went to the same school together and I surpassed him before he can even do anything. It's not my fault. You know what I mean? I feel you, bro. I feel you. Absolutely. So, like, obviously, now let's talk about Heavy Lies the Crown, which, you know, when we air this is going to be this coming Sunday. So you've been able to or Saturday, I should say, we said uh, we've been really able to, you know, kind of scare Becker along this stretch when you obviously weren't in the match. Um, you found some ready-made replacements for you 
first in Slade and then later with Slade and Atticus Koger. Uh, I mean, talk about putting her in an uncomfortable spot, right? But how sweet it must be for you now to know that you'll be standing across the ring with her in the first match of 2023. Now, tell us a little bit about your history with Becca. What led to such a fallout that got you guys to this point? You know what it was? It's just like Becca, like when me and Becca first got together and we had our arrangement, like I had a lot of like stuff that I don't know if I could handle. It wasn't that I think I, I didn't think I could do it. I just needed some help with it. Um, and like at that point we were together, like we didn't care about anything. You know what I mean? No one liked us. Only thing we really cared about was each other and succeeding. Um, and then Becca got hurt. You know, and when she got hurt, like I needed to work. I needed to keep going and kind of moving. And I started making a name and eventually like I won the fans over and the fans started to support me. I, it's not my fault. I wasn't trying to change up. I'm the same person that I was a year ago. I'm the same person that I was two years ago. You know what I mean? Like she just does. She can't she can't grasp like the biggest situation. She don't understand like the fans are actually there for us. Like if she just accepts them, then we're Gucci. Like, but the thing is, she doesn't want to accept them. She thinks I'm switching up because she's delusional. Like she's she's been putting me through hell for the past year and a half. I am done. I'm glad that I finally have the opportunity to get my hands on her and end this. Like New Year's, New Year, like New Year's fans bring the weapons. First match of the year. I don't think she really realizes what she's getting into. Like the last show we were on, uh, it was Somerville Arts at the. You know what I mean? Like Arts at the Armory. She wanted to do a pop star performance. She don't understand. She signed the contract. Like this is this is a match that I've been wanting to do for the past four years of being at Beyond. Three years of being at Beyond. You know what I mean? And, like, I feel like she thinks it's just going to be a walk in the park. I don't really think she understands what's going to happen when she meets me across that ring on New Year, like, uh, when, when this 2023 starts, it's over. I don't think she understands it. And the thing is, she's been putting me through, like, she's been putting me through hell. She cost me the IWTV championship. She's been freaking, she threw all my stuff out at the last Beyond show. Like, she's been, she, it's not like she's innocent. And it's not like that I'm just sitting over here and acting wild and crazy. No, I, I I try to make it good for both of us. She's the one that went, like, switched up and became fake. Yeah, man, I hear you. So there's some deranged-ass people in Worcester, right? Now, yeah. and we're trusting these motherfuckers to bring their own weapons. How do you prepare for a match like that, mm. not knowing what you're getting into like that? I bet uh, these things. It's crazy, dude. Yeah, no, uh, there's definitely, you know what I mean? Like, the Worcester people like me that tapped. Um, so, uh, I, I, you can't really prepare for that type of match. Um, cause you really don't know what's going to come through the, like through those doors. Like the fans could make something that you couldn't even imagine. Do you know what I mean? Like one could pop through with like a little, a small claw machine with thumbtacks on it. And you're like, what? You know what I mean? Like, it, cause I've seen some crazy stuff over the years that the fans bring the weapons matches. Phone like I've seen baby dolls that like, were just covered in thumbtacks, like. They've done some wild stuff. So, like, I'm not – there's no way I'm going to be able to prepare for this. But, like, if I really think about it, I've already, like, I'm good. Like, I've been doing this my whole life. My whole life I've had to fight. It's always been a street fight. There ain't no rules in a street fight. You can pick up a weapon. You can do whatever you got to do to win that fight. The thing is, Becca's never been in that – Becca's never been in that position. She's a spoiled brat. She's gotten everything she's, – she's gotten everything handed to her. 
and she's over here complaining. She thinks she's going to beat me in my element. Fans bring the weapons is my match. I may not be a deathmatch wrestler, but I'm a street motherfucker, and I know how to handle my business. Now, you can be prepared for if she brings any cronies or if Bacabella and his crew jump in. Are you going to they, be they can, they can, bro. Listen, a, a real G never goes to a hit any. A real G never goes to a hit empty-handed. They can, they can bring them. Uh, Bacavella, bro. Bacavella and Channing Thomas can get the hands. I'm not afraid of nobody. Like, I re- like it's, the thing is, like, I can be worried and be like, all right, like I can sit here and be worried about the cronies, or sit here and be worried about the the Becca trying to like pull some, but I, I'm not going to because it's gonna take me off my game. I'm so focused on taking care of Becca. And fans bring the weapons on New Year's and getting rid of Sanding Thomas that it doesn't matter. Like there's no variables that's gonna distract me from my from my endpoint right now. All right. Good stuff. Now that's the attitude that brought you to this point. That's what made you the Northeast Ace. And and we know you're a super busy guy. Uh, but before we let you go, tell us why this match on New Year's Eve is so important to not just your career, but your beyond wrestling legacy. There's been top guys in New England. You know, we talked about them like a little bit earlier, like Biff Busick. Guys that put like the whole territory, that changed the whole landscape of indie wrestling and for the territory. And they did this. This was their house before I was even born wrestling wise. This is like, it's like, it's, 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 it's basically like, I got to fight. I got to fight to defend Beyond's honor in this point. Like Becca has no, like, yo, like. Fans bring the weapons. I don't know. Like, it's just wild. Like, I know I'm just, I know I'm like, I know I'm like going like da 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 But it's like, I really can't explain how much this really means to me. Like, for the past like three years, I've been grinding to be the top guy at Beyond. Now I'm the top guy at Beyond. I've beaten the ace. I've beaten, I've beaten this one. I've beaten this OG. I've beaten this OG. I've beaten this OG. I beat Biff, a territory legend. And now I have somebody thinking they're going to knock me off my game. No one's ever going to knock me off my game. There's a reason why I'm on top of Beyond right now. There's a reason why I'm the ace. There's a reason why I'm the Northeast beast. There's a reason why I'm the king of this territory. So I'm going to continue to be the king of this territory until I'm gone, a signer, until somebody steps up and takes me down. Represent, dude. That's awesome. That's what we like to hear now. As a Northeast Ace, we do want to definitely prepare you for a beer keg. There'll always be beer kegs if this fan bring the weapon. So figure out how to use one of those to your advantage, and you'll be in a good spot, my man. Oh, hell. You know what I may do? I may roll it. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, well, thank you so much for taking some time with us. Um, I know that, you know, it's going to be a crazy week for you gearing up for this match, but we wish you nothing but the best. And, uh, you know, we, we hope that you reign supreme on, on New Year's Eve, my man. Thank, Thank you for having me on, too. I really uh, appreciate you guys, like, letting me, like, you know, say my piece and, like, explain what's been going on. Hell, yeah. We appreciate you, man. And we hope you have a happy new year. And uh, to everybody else that's out there, um, enjoy Heavy Lies the Crown this coming weekend. I think that it is going to be a can't-miss show from top to bottom. So have a good one, guys. Thank you.